Welcome to How to Keep Your Day Job, brought to you by the Morningstar Consultants. If you're interested in succeeding, exceeding, growing, or listening to the stories of others who have done just that, you're in the right place. We are your hosts, Lisa Goss and Stacey Bailey. We want to help you hone your skills, succeed in your job, get your dream job, or keep your dream job. Like Mark Twain said, find a job you enjoy doing and you'll never have to work a day in your life. Now let's identify your purpose and build a career around that. Check out our show notes for where you can find us on social media and how to sign up for our newsletter. Thanks for being with us today. Time is precious and we're honored that you're sharing it with us. Now on with the show. So in this month's podcast, we want to highlight and talk about professional boundaries and why they are important in any workplace. It's essential to have a clear understanding of what professional boundaries are and why they matter. So Lisa, why don't we start with a definition of what professional boundaries are? Yeah, that's a good starting point, Stace. So when we look at professional boundaries in a not-for-profit organization, it refers to the limits or the guidelines that govern your interactions and relationships between employees, volunteers, clients, or constituents, peers. And those boundaries are designed to ensure that all of the interactions are professional respectful, safe, appropriate, and they really prevent behaviors that could compromise the integrity of the organization and the effectiveness. So professional boundaries in not-for-profit can include a variety of different elements, like maintaining confidentiality, avoiding conflicts of interest, providing appropriate support and guidance to clients or constituents, and avoiding any behavior that could be interpreted as disrespectful, or abuse of your power. In not-for-profit organizations, professional boundaries are particularly important because the organization is often working with vulnerable populations. Maintaining appropriate boundaries helps protect vulnerable people, vulnerable communities, and ensures they're receiving high-quality care and support. Organizations should have clear policies and guidelines in place for appropriate professional boundaries. They should provide training and support to employees and put the expectation out there that boundaries need to be maintained at all times. And this really is right from leadership. It's promoting a culture of professionalism, respect, integrity. And this creates a respectful and positive work environment and better service to your constituents, clients, or those you serve. Okay, so that's a really great definition of what professional boundaries are. Maybe you can walk us through some common ways that professional boundaries are violated. Again, another great question, Stace. Professional boundary violations can have serious negative consequences for both the organization and those it serves. Some common professional boundary violations that can occur in not-for-profit organizations are things like confidentiality breaches. Not-for-profits are often tasked with protecting and receiving sensitive and confidential information from their clients. Breaches of confidentiality can compromise the privacy and safety of individuals, and it can result in legal and ethical violations. We've talked a lot about FIA and the fines that go along with that. Then there's something called dual relationship. So this occurs when an employer volunteer has a personal or social relationship with a client or constituent. 
Dual relationships can compromise the objectivity and professionalism of the employee or volunteer and create conflicts of interest. And, you know, I speak a lot here around staff to constituent or client relationships, but all of this ties into employer or management or leadership's relationships with staff as well. So these boundary issues can also tie in with that power imbalance. And leaders have a great responsibility to understand professional boundaries. There's physical or emotional abuse. Physical or emotional abuse of clients or constituents is a serious violation of professional boundaries and can have severe negative consequences for the individual's health and well-being. And so much in the media with the Me Too movement people coming forward around harassment and abuse and emotional abuse within the workplace. Stacy, you and I both worked and volunteered with exploited women. So we saw the legacy of harm and trauma and how that affects people long-term. And then there's sexual misconduct, harassment, abuse, exploitation. Again, serious professional boundary And this results in legal and ethical consequences for the organization. There's an effect on its employees, all those they serve, and of course, the long-term effects and trauma of the victim. There's also financial improprieties, embezzlement, or misuse of revenue. This can result in legal and financial consequences for the organization. And then at times there is abuse of clients or constituents and their money. And then finally, conflict of interest. It can occur when an employer or volunteer has personal or financial interests that conflicts with the interests of the organization. And, and again, we can circle that back to policy, having a great conflict of interest policy uh, so that everybody can um, kind of stay in their right lane. So again, policies, guidelines to address uh, potential professional boundary violations, and regular training and education for staff so that you could prevent these from occurring. And again, promoting that culture of professionalism, respect, integrity, create that positive work environment for better service to their clients. That's a great list, Lisa, of what some of the professional boundary violations are. I'm sure there are numerous effects of having poor professional boundaries. So give us a few examples of what negative consequences look like. What can occur when we don't set strong boundaries? So there are multiple uh, negative consequences that can come as a result of poor professional boundaries, such as damaged relationship with the client who is supposed to have a trusting relationship with you, breaches of confidentiality, even legal and ethical violations. So in the end, it has a negative effect on the organization, employees, volunteers, those you serve, uh, and those could really affect your your agency ongoing. So legal and ethical issues, poor boundaries can result in violations of privacy laws, conflicts of interest, breaches of confidentiality. They can result in legal action and damage to the reputation of the organization, human rights complaints, employee turnover. Poor professional boundaries can lead to employee turnover. As employees might not feel comfortable. They might feel unsupported in their work environment. They can see risk. And this can result in loss of experienced staff and increased costs to your organization around recruiting and training new employees. Loss of funding. Poor professional boundaries can lead to 
a change in your brand, which could have a loss of funding, donors, those who support your organization. If your reputation is that of unprofessional behavior, you're going to lose buy-in from the public. Poor professional boundaries can result in decreased program effectiveness, staff are less focused, they're confused about the mission and goals of the organization, decreased stakeholder trust, poor professional boundaries can lead to decreased morale among staff and employees. Wow, that's some great helpful information. Now that we have a better understanding of what professional boundaries should look like and the negative consequences that can occur when we don't set them, share with us some tips and strategies. Okay, here's the list right off the top of my head. Develop and communicate clear policies. You need guidelines around professional boundaries to ensure that staff understand their roles and responsibilities and create those policies in plain language. Provide regular training. Organizations should provide regular training and education to staff members about professional boundaries, confidentiality in the workplace. Set clear expectations. Leaders should set expectations for employees' conducts and performance and hold their employees accountable to those expectations. This can help create professional work environment and ensure that employees are held to a high standard and therefore a high service standard to your clients. Keep in mind here the importance of coaching, mentoring, and supporting your staff and the importance of leadership modeling good professional boundaries. Lead the way. This is the best thing you can do for staff. Avoid the dual relationships. Leaders and managers should avoid engaging in relationships with employees, social, romantic, because when you avoid these types of relationships, it just helps maintain professional boundaries and prevent conflicts of interest. Encourage open communication. Leaders should encourage open communication between employees and leadership and get feedback and discuss potential boundary issues to prevent misleading or breaches of professional boundaries. Seek regular feedback. Employees and colleagues to ensure that you're maintaining appropriate professional boundary and promoting a professional work environment. Address boundary violations when they happen. So quickly, decisively, including taking appropriate disciplinary action, providing mentoring, coaching, teaching. And this helps build an environment where you prevent future boundary violations. This is so helpful. And one of the things that I've realized in all of my years working in not-for-profit is people get into helping professions because they want to help. In the world of not-for-profit organizations, what are some challenges to setting and maintaining those professional boundaries? Absolutely, Stace. People come to this work because they want to be a part of the mission. They feel strongly. They come to support vulnerable populations because they're passionate about helping. And that alone sets us up for some boundary issues. So the high emotional intensity. Not-for-profits often work with individuals who are dealing with high emotions, personal challenges, struggles, which can create emotional reactions from us. What's that saying? You make 90% of your decisions with 100% of your history. So sometimes the stuff that we've had and the challenges we've had come up when we're when we're presented with clients with high emotional intensity. So employees and volunteers may struggle those professional boundaries when working with people who are dealing with difficult or traumatic situations and those who may be dealing with things that they've previously went through. Limited resources. Not-for-profit organizations have limited resources. You and I know that. 
This alone creates a challenge for work environments for employees and volunteers. Limited resources can lead to high stress and burnout, and it's more difficult to maintain appropriate boundaries when you're at your wit's end. Conflicting priorities. Not-for-profit organizations have multiple priorities at all times. They need to meet the needs of clients or their constituents. They need to manage finances, regulatory requirements, acts and legislation. These competing priorities can create conflicts of interest and make it more challenging to maintain appropriate professional boundaries. Lack of training and support. Not-for-profit organizations often have shoestring budgets. They don't have the resources to provide regular training and support for employees and volunteers on maintaining professional boundaries. Power dynamics. Not-for-profit organizations work with the most vulnerable populations, which can create power imbalances between staff and constituents. These power dynamics can make it more challenging to maintain appropriate professional boundaries and create opportunities for boundary violations to occur. So again, not-for-profit organizations need to prioritize maintaining professional boundaries with regular training, support, and coaching for their staff and volunteers. They need to provide the supports and resources to address stress and burnout and provide clear policies and guidelines and then follow up with individuals who may be fringing on those boundaries and provide that support. By providing all of this support and creating this culture, again, of respect and integrity, not-for-profit organizations can create a positive work environment and better serve their constituents. So I totally agree that organizations need to invest in their biggest asset, their staff. Training is a key part of that. What else do you have to throw at me, Stacy? Okay, Lisa. Can you summarize some of the key points that you've made and then provide some concrete action steps so that listeners can take these points to ensure they maintain professional boundaries in their own workplaces? Absolutely. Number one, develop clear policies and guidelines that outline appropriate professional boundaries and provide guidance on how to maintain them. Provide regular training and education to staff and volunteers on maintaining professional boundaries. Provide effective supervision and support of staff and volunteers to ensure they're maintaining the professional boundaries, that they understand it. Coach, mentor, help people. There's that saying, once you know better, you do better. Prioritize respect for clients and constituents and ensure that they're treated with dignity and professionalism. That should be a number one mission of your organization. Encourage self-awareness among staff and volunteers and provide them the resources to support both their well-being and their professional development. Promote ethical decision-making and ensure that staff and volunteers understand therapeutic relationships and the ethical principles that underlie your organization's work. By taking all these steps, you create that work environment that promotes professionalism and integrity. It builds on your brand It builds your strong relationships with your clients and constituents. You achieve your mission. You get that funding and you're a successful not-for-profit that stays in their lane. Okay, Lisa, you've talked about boundaries in not-for-profit organizations. Let's flip this. You're the consultant. What are the issues around professional boundaries with clients that are important? Let's say in a consulting relationship, what if you have a client that has really high needs. Okay, this is how I'm going to answer this in two parts. 
First, I'm going to give you the laundry list of what to do. And then I'm going to reflect on where I struggle to help people understand that we all get in the weeds. So first, what I think is best practices for professional boundaries with clients in any consulting relationship, especially those where you have a relationship and the client has really high needs. Set clear expectations. At the beginning of the consulting relationship, set clear expectations with the client about your role, responsibilities, and boundaries. Let them know what you can and cannot do, how much time you can allow them, and how they can contact you and when they can contact you. This will help establish those clear understandings and the boundaries of that relationship. Define the scope of the consulting project and communicate this with the client. If the client wants to expand the scope, discuss the additional work and discuss the costs associated with that. Manage your time. Set aside specific times during the week to communicate with clients and respond to inquiries. This will help you manage your time more effectively and prevent clients from feeling neglected or abandoned. It's okay to take holidays. It's okay to take time to practice your faith, your culture, spend time with families, read a book. It's okay to block off focus time in your calendar. And remember, it's okay to create clear boundaries around your time because your time is valuable. It's okay to manage your time more effectively by asking for meeting agendas ahead of meetings so that you could prepare, asking for advance notice for meetings so that you can assess whether this is work you have the capacity to do or are you the right person for this work. Honestly, it's easy to fall into the repeat consultation trap where you're called to a meeting with the expectation that you'll solve all their problems. This is a red flag that the client may have an excessive reliance on you. Time to reassess your boundaries and restate the deliverables that you've committed to. If the client is pushing for more of your time or attention, be clear and direct about what you can or cannot do. You can politely and professionally restate your boundaries and the scope of the project. There will always be last minute meeting invites, additional calls to talk to you, long phone conversations. It's difficult once you've gotten into a relationship to pull back on those boundaries, but it's never too late. Pull back if you need to. Manage your emotions. It's important to remain professional and objective in your interactions with clients. And man, Stace, you know me, I have that soft spot. And especially when I really think they're great people and doing some great work. I have trouble saying no. But if you find a client is pushing your emotional buttons, take a step back, manage your emotions, take a break, talk to a colleague. I call Stacy. She resets me. That's how that works. So seek support. If you're feeling it's difficult to maintain those boundaries with a client that's seek support from a colleague or a mentor. And together, you know, with your team, Develop strategies for managing relationships and maintaining your boundaries as an organization. Because as a leader of an organization, one thing that I've checked with myself this week is if I have poor boundaries with my clients, if it's never enough, if I keep going that extra mile, people that work for my organization are going to think that that's an expectation I have of them. And I'm going to be faced with turnover and or unhappy staff with no work-life balance. So to summarize, set clear expectations, define the scope of your project, manage your time, be clear and direct, manage your emotions, and seek support. 
you can still provide valuable consulting services in a way that keeps everybody healthy. Good answer, Stace. That's a great answer. Okay, Lisa, can you summarize and provide some concrete action steps to tie this all together? Stacy is giggling a bit here because she knows that even though I have these great boundaries as a regulated health professional, when I put my consultant hat on, my helping hat, this is where I struggle. Likely because Morningstar began from me volunteering. I've always been a fixer personally and professionally. And professionally, that was my strength, going in and seeing entire organizations and helping them. If you ever watch The Queen's Gambit, you know how she visualizes chess and she can see the next moves. I can go into an organization and I can see all of the moving parts where things aren't working and then I can create a plan moving forward for success. And because I do have that passion for service, for -for not-for-profits, for doing the right thing, for having good business practices, good human resource practices, good policy, it's where I struggle the most. Saying no to my consulting clients and at times being taken advantage of. Can I use that saying, do as I say, not as I do, as a people pleaser? This is a hard one for me. And it's why we have the one pro bono call a year. Stacy has talked me off that ledge because I don't have the best limits. So I've had to develop some of this. It has been a couple of years of learning for me. Learning to wear another hat and to create healthy boundaries with that new hat on. Some of that is recognizing my value and worth. I appreciate when Stacy calls me out. She will simply ask, is that your job? Is that part of the contract? I appreciate her keeping me in check. And Shelly, Shelly, our project manager, she's always trying to keep me in my lane. We've even set up a safe word for me. So I just say I'm in the weeds. And Shelly knows that I'm struggling and helping too much. And honestly, it's taking a bit of my own advice. When I'm coaching a small business owner or any other professional, I talk about value, value of your time, value of your expertise. And one thing I prioritize is being a good employer in reflecting on giving too much, although it sounds wonderful and I'm being the helper, that all those hours I'm investing that are outside of the paid contract are hours I'm not earning revenue that I need to pay my staff. And that greater responsibility for having employees bringing revenue into the organization to be able to create jobs has for sure helped me with those boundaries. A perfect exercise for this is writing it all down. When you go into an hour meeting that you're doing outside of the contract and it turns into eight hours of work for an organization, that's a red flag. You need to start looking at your schedule, and if philanthropy, volunteering is important to you, block some time off in your schedule. Put limits on giving. Even as I say that out loud, that has definitely been my biggest struggle. I think we're all really susceptible to falling into that trap of wanting to keep giving more and more of ourselves to the people that we invest our time in. 
And that really is a downfall because when people keep wanting more and more and you keep giving more and more, you have nothing left to give for yourself. So it it comes back to your own self-care, right? And in order to be able to give to others, you need to be in a good headspace yourself. And that's why professional boundaries are so important. And I saw this saying one time, and it kind of rings true for me. And it was, don't blame a clown for acting like a clown. Ask yourself why you keep going to the circus. And I think sometimes that is a trap that we fall into as caregivers and helpers. Daisy's always giving me titles of books or bringing me books to read about knowing your own value. And for me, that has been great learning over this last year. When I feel I'm in the trap, when I'm giving too much and I know it's too much because I'm looking at how many hours I'm spending and how much we're taking in from revenue. Now I sit back and think, is my time not valuable? I think there were so many excellent nuggets to take away in this podcast. One of the great things about doing a podcast like this is the reminder of how we conduct business ourselves. This has been a fantastic reminder of what strong boundaries are and why they are a vital part of our professionalism. We hope you like this episode. To learn more about us, go to MorningstarConsultant.com and follow us on social media. There are links to our courses, business consulting, or coaching in the show notes. Don't see what you need? Contact us. We are Morningstar Consultants, business and life strategists, and we can show you how to keep your day job.